On this episode, we're talking with a team leader who's actually uh, shrinking his team. Very interesting conversation. We get kind of deep today, a little different format. It's much more of a back and forth conversation. I think you'll enjoy this episode with Kevin Kaufman from Group 4610 and host, co-host of the Kevin and Fred Show. The Massive Agent Podcast. We lead generation tips and strategies to get you more leads and sell more homes. I love to buy houses. I like to sell houses. It takes brass balls to sell real estate. Wait a minute. The leads are weak. You're weak. I've had better. Oh, have I got your attention now? Here's your host, Dustin Brome. What's up, guys? Welcome back to the Massive Agent Podcast, episode 260. I am your host, Dustin Brome, and uh, I just got done recording quite an awesome conversation with Kevin Kaufman from the Kevin and Fred Show. Kevin and his partner, Fred Weaver, are OGs in real estate. They are founders of the Next Level Agents Group and uh, have run a very large real estate team that expanded to multiple states and, and cities called Group 4610. And uh, it's kind of interesting to hear Kevin talk about how they're they're shrinking their team and you know looking for ways to um, streamline it, so to speak. But uh, just some interesting perspective. So this week's episode, it's uh, the format's a little different. It's much more of a back and forth conversation. We get deep on a lot of shit. We talk about why some agents just will never succeed in real estate and why others will, um, as well as many other topics. So uh, just a great conversation with Kevin Kaufman. This is his third or fourth time on the Massive Agent Podcast, and I really enjoyed this one. It's a follow-up to an episode that I did on his podcast on the Kevin and Fred show, uh, similar format. We just kind of bantered back and forth, but it, we got a lot of great stuff out of it. And, uh, we'll link to that in the show notes of this episode for sure. Um, but one of the, one of the things we talk about in this episode is right now there's, uh, and you've heard me say this, you've heard a lot of leaders within the industry say this, but there's, uh, those that are really, uh, dominating right now are smiling and excited about this market shift because they see what can come from it if you're doing the right things. And then there's also a lot of agents that are that are struggling more now and they're more feel fearful than before and they're they're they have one foot out the door. We don't want any of that. Okay, like I I don't want that to be the case. I don't want you to fail in this industry, but. Fact of the matter is some people are not meant for real estate. We talk about that a little bit, but one thing that drives me out of my mind is when you don't give yourself a fighting chance, you are, you are uh, trying to grow, trying to get some traction, trying to get some, get some, um, business growth going on with one hand tied behind your back. You're trying to figure shit out yourself rather than just, uh, following the blueprint that's been proven to work. And the blueprint that we've put together for you is called the Massive Agent Society. And you can get all the details at massiveagentsociety.com. I'm extremely proud of this. We've helped an agent in Iowa get nine deals under contract in 45 days. We've helped brand new agents get their first client within two or three weeks. We've helped others who have been an agent for just two two months get listings from their social media content. And uh, my God, it's just, it's such a cheat code 
And uh, you owe it to yourself. If you are trying to grow, trying to scale, trying to get some traction, you need to go see what we are offering, massiveagentsociety.com. Go check that out. And you also really need to focus on building the right foundation and plugging the holes in your business. Right now is a great time while you are a little less busy, your pipeline is a little less full. That could be dangerous if you just sit around doing the same old shit. But if you are reevaluating and if you're plugging the holes and you're putting drip campaigns into place and you're, you're dialing in your action plans and your systems and your processes and actually creating the foundation of a real uh, true business, you're, you're actually building the platform for future success. Now's the time to do it when you're less busy because once you get busy, you're never gonna get around to this shit. Hence why you don't have that shit done now because you were super busy before. So the thing that I would focus on the most is getting your CRM slash business growth platform dialed in. I believe there's no better business growth platform for agents in the industry than follow-up boss and most of the top teams in the industry and even a lot of independent brokerages agree. That's why they use it too. And follow-up boss is so damn confident that you as a, as an agent will love it yourself, that they're going to give you 30 days to try it out for free. And they don't even want your credit card. So no credit card required 30 days for free. All you have to do because you're a listener of the show is go to massiveagentpodcast.com and sign up like simple as that. Just do the, do the trial, uh, but then also use it actually use it and figure out if it's going to help you or not figure out if it's, if it makes more sense for you than what you're currently using. Maybe you don't have anything at all. I know a lot of agents just have an Excel spreadsheet and that's how you manage your business. Well, this will be like going from the broken down minivan with only three hubcaps to the fricking Ferrari, but you've got to get in the Ferrari, turn the thing on and drive it. Luckily they'll let you test drive it for free, which is what they're doing here massiveagentpodcast.com slash follow-up boss. And final cheat code to mention, when you can just have someone like Keeping Current Matters give you the cliffs notes on what's happening in this economy, what's happening with the market, what to expect coming up, and then how to educate your clients, how to prepare them if they're a buyer, how to prepare them if they're a seller, how to prepare them for what to do and when to do it if they're a real estate investor. That is an investment that is worth its weight in gold, especially when it's pretty damn inexpensive. All you need to do to try out Keeping Current Matters, first off, follow them on social media, but then go to trykcm.com slash BAM and give them a shot because they are having some incredible deals right now on their platform. Again, the cheat code, you can just beat your head against the wall trying to figure out what's happening, what's happening by reading headlines, which are wildly misleading, or you can just go right to the experts on the real estate market and have them give you the cliff notes, which is what KCM is. So try kcm.com slash BAM. I highly recommend it. I follow them. I consume as much of their stuff as I possibly can, because I like to know what's going on as a business person. I think that would be wise for you to do as well. Speaking of business people, let's talk to Kevin Kaufman right now, uh, co-leader of group 4610, who's made quite a few iterations in his real estate team. Um, for a while, he was part of Gary Keller's inner circle and was privy to a lot of high level behind the scenes conversations, uh, you know, with Gary Keller himself, uh, and was it, their team was actually like put on a pedestal and pointed to as like, hey, this is the way to grow an expansion team. This is a way to do a modern real estate team. 
And to hear that they've changed it a lot even since then is very interesting. And that's something that we talk about today. I think that um, this is going to be a great conversation. You guys will enjoy and you're going to enjoy it for different reasons than you probably think because we cover quite a bit. And it's not super long. It's not. This is not a four-hour Joe Rogan episode by any stretch. But um, we cover a lot and we go a little deep. I think you'll enjoy it. So please um, let me know what you think afterwards. I'm curious if you like this new format of conversation or not. Um, but I enjoyed it. Hope you guys do too. Wait, how many downloads? So I was listening to a Tim Ferriss episode the other day where he said he's approaching a trillion. Not a, was it a trillion or a billion? A trillion's like insanity. Okay, maybe it's imagine. a billion. But no, but he might get hundreds of millions a, lo- a month as it is, though. Maybe. Now I got to go back and listen to that episode and find, you know what I'm going to do? Tim.blog. That's crazy. Uh, either way, that's crazy. I I've, haven't even hit a million downloads yet. I was going to say, uh, whether we're talking about a billion or a trillion, kind of doesn't matter both numbers when you're talking about downloads are just absolutely mind-boggling boggling like mind-boggling yeah 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 i'm looking at my stats right now i i mean i crossed seven hundred thousand downloads recently so that's cool did you really yeah Dude, 704 i'll tell you what i uh that's funny because you were laughing i knew you were gonna beat me you're gonna beat me to a million um i hope so i uh, dude, it's, I had this like down point at some point last, I think it was last year. Oh, really? It's 2020. And I was like, and the, I think, it, I don't know if it was because I stopped uh, recording. So uh, as often I went back to once a week. Um, and oh, was, you were padding your, your downloads with multiple episodes per week. Is that? No, I wasn't hack? padding my downloads. Like the strategy <laughs> was to just record extra because yeah, yeah. to pick up more momentum. Okay. So, all right, let's talk about that for a second. So forget about that. Um, well, no, I mean, in the same vein, uh, I, I, that was just the plan. And then, like, then, you know, 2020 happened and I got tired of recording. Like one of my segments every week was, uh, the I buyer minute or the I minute. It kind of became irrelevant in like the middle of 2020. So it's like, well, that's one less segment I want to record a week. And then one of my segments, which I actually had the most fun with usually was called industry headlines where I just kind of picked fun at like the dumb shit that Inman writes, you know, like you did in your post last week or and not even just the dumb stuff, but like it'd be a, it's, it was like a fun way to kind of mock my friends at KW. Cause I'd always find out what was going to happen before it actually became public. And so I could talk about it, like from a news standpoint, you and I talked about this on, on my podcast a couple weeks ago uh, about from like a reporting standpoint. So I, I enjoyed that, but then, at some point in 2020, I kind of got tired of doing that too. And then I really got tired of like just recording a business tip every week. So I went from like doing three or four a week back down to one a week. And it just, it crushed my downloads in the worst way possible. Mm. So all that to say, you're going to, I was, I was just thinking the other day, like what it would take for me to get to a million by the end of next year. And it would, I mean, it would be a lot, a lot. Uh, but Okay, so what I was saying, I'll I'll find this thing on Tim Ferriss's uh, transcript. Uh, I'll find the number, but I think you and I talked about um, my first million podcast. Yeah, my Uh, first million. Yeah, I love that. I love that show. So they did an episode recently, probably in the last two months, where it was kind of like a behind the scenes look at the podcast. 
and it was just like Sam and one and the producer Ben, and it was kind of funny because like Sam did, had no fucking clue, um, but like they do, they're spending like fifty grand a month on that podcast. HubSpot is. Oh wow! Between paying like the content guy, the editor, the producer, and then promotion, it was like fifty grand a month. Good to, lord! I think I, I think like, I might spend three hundred. Yeah, I know. Like, and it's a it's a great podcast. I love it. I really do. Really like most of their con, most of their episodes that they put out. But I'm like, I don't know if I had fifty thousand dollar budget, I think I could probably push up to a million downloads a month too probably maybe maybe that's just me like taking shots at them because because i'm not as good as them i don't know uh but that's my thought hey right that's, that's a big monthly budget for a show yeah see that's what that's what i thought oh shit uh so th- that's interesting so hubspot bought the hustle and therefore yep. bought the my first million podcast and i know that hubspot did that with a bunch of shows and it's it's a genius way of just like getting HUD's, HubSpot branded amongst small business owners and entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. you know, through content. It's, so now they have all these content arms that they own and control, and uh, it's it's genius. I mean, but my God, I can't imagine how much they're spending on it. But at the same time, how much would they be spending on marketing in other means, in more traditional means? I mean, they're, I mean, they're a couple billion dollar company, right? Like they're a big, big company. I thought, yeah. I thought it was a genius move. Like they've got a whole, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, you know, like they've got a whole group kind of like, you know, we've talked about like a BAM network and what, what, you know, you yes. thought about with like industry syndicate, like it's, it's smart. It makes a lot of sense, especially for what they're doing. Like they're all of their podcasts yes. around business who would, and businesses are their is their ideal customer. So, considering how much money is is deployed into advertising on podcasts these days, like into um, no matter how micro the the listenership is, is like it's a really really smart idea. It is, and so I just googled HubSpot Inc. They are listed on the New York Stock Exchange. They are a thirteen point seven billion dollar company. 13.7, even today, even after how bad they've been beat today. up in the stock market, that's pretty darn good, dude. That's, yeah, that's today. So, dude, their 52 week high was 862 bucks a share. Today they're at 282. So they were, I mean, they were a 40, $50 billion company at one point. That's yeah. interesting. Dude, do you know people that use HubSpot for real estate CRM? I use it for my recruiting CRM. Oh, you do? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah, it's I just awesome I don't hear about CRM. it that much. I, so I use the free version. Um, if I was spending money and like monetizing, uh, say like, say like next level agents, like my Facebook group or even the podcast, I would use their paid version too, because it's pretty slick. It's got like the ability to to do the landing pages and and everything you need. Like if you ever have you ever looked at viral marketing, any of their stuff? Yeah that's all all of that is a hubspot website mm, that's all okay. built on hubspot that's how i found it. frank is the one who turned me on to them a long time years ago so i've had a hubspot account for a couple of years now and i love it i think why so i know i've looked at hubspot before i might have even signed up for the free account but it, it's isn't it just like wide open and you can do anything with it but i think that's also the problem for agents is they're like uh, I don't want to build a CRM from scratch. Like, just give me some shit to 
put words into. So this is what I like about it. I'll tell you, like the last year that Fred, my business partner and I were in, um, that we were actually in production, we used, it's called Keep Now. What did it, what did it, what was it used to be called? Um, Keep Now? It's called Keep is the name of the pod, is the name of the uh, CRM. It used to be called Infusionsoft. You ever heard of Infusionsoft? Absolutely. It isn't Keep okay. like what you take to keep your hair. You know anything about that? Or is that Keeps? No. I think that's Keeps. I, I didn't keep <laughs> my hair, so I clearly missed that. Like, you missed the boat on keeps. Uh, yeah, I missed the boat on keeps. Uh, so, so, <laughs> geez, Infusionsoft <laughs> became keep, and um, it's a it's terrible oh, yeah. name. We love. I actually right. used that the last year I was in production, so that we had no website to go with it. It was just a back end. But like, when I'm in from a sales perspective, like I just need tasks. And the ability to fault, like, I just need to be able to set a task, make a note, and maybe set an automated email or send up or send an actual email through. And it was per, it, like, it's designed basically, I bought a tank and I used it to drive in first gear. Um, however, it, like, I personally, I, I actually like those types of CRMs because that's all I'm. I just want to make the phone calls. I just want to make the phone calls, send the text messages, send the emails, follow up, follow up, follow up. I'm kind of one of those guys that just pesky, don't go. As, as we were talking about earlier, I sort of just press buttons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, button pusher. Totally. Yeah. So, dude, I wanted to – I just thought of this as you were talking. Like, you've, you and Kevin – you and Kevin. Hello, Fred. You and both Kevin. Me and Kevin, both of us. Yes, uh, you and Fred have been OGs in the real estate industry for a long time. And I, so real quick, if you would explain why, no, explain why, what the fuck? Like you run a group, a team group 4610, that is a real estate team in multiple markets, correct? Correct. Yeah. And how many different markets are you guys in? Dude, only a few. Like, it's not the focus. Of, by the way, I was wrong. Tim Ferriss is coming up on a billion. Billion. Um, it's a lot of downloads. What a loser. Only a billion downloads? Like, I really thought he'd be past that by now. He's an underachiever, for sure. So, um, so truthfully, uh, it's way less today about, you know, our expansion than it used to be. However, we do still actively sell real estate in Tennessee and in Denver, Colorado, and San Luis Obispo, uh, California. And so okay. and Phoenix, Arizona's home base. There was a point not that long ago where we actually sold more real estate outside of Phoenix than we did in Phoenix. Mm-hmm. So I'm sorry. I forgot. I forgot. And that's the, not the case. I, I forgot the entirety of your question. Yeah. You know, as we move, when, uh, so having you explain your business model, dude. Yeah. So four years ago, when we four and a half years ago, when we moved over to EXP, we sort of pulled that back. Um, but let me let me back up even further. So 2014 rolled around. A um, couple things happened, and we found ourselves selling. Like we had a, a business partner um, who somebody wanted to join our team in Denver, and we decided to expand our sales business to Denver. Uh, September 1st, 2014, he, he moved his license over to Keller Williams, uh, where we were at the time. And, uh, we started selling real estate actively in Denver. And unfortunately for us, he's really good at it. So he made us think we were smart. Um, and 
we crushed it. Like in 2015, our first full year in Denver, we sold 103 homes. Nice. Out of state. And that felt amazing. And then we started one agent. Uh, he was there. It was most, he personally did 72 of those 103 transactions. He's a monster. Okay. Um, he then hired a few people and, uh, you know, eventually the team grew and it was, you know, but they ended up doing a total of 103 deals that year. We also expanded to Nashville later that year. Uh, it was like May of 15. And then, um, the following year is when we opened San Luis Obispo. It was like June of 17. Uh, so, and at one point, we we're in other cities too. But, um, dude, it really, uh, our model was pretty simple, which was um, we knew how to generate business. We knew how to deliver um, services to the real estate agent, right? Like back-end services uh, and create a good experience for the client. All we did was expand that out of side of one location. Mm-hmm. Like it, when you talk about expansion, like the main thing that you're expanding is your ability to generate business, your ability to train, lead and coach and your ability to deliver administrative service. That's, that's all it was. So for a long time, that was our, that was our model. Um, now, unfortunately it's very, it's costly, <laughs> costs a lot of money at one point we estimated that it was costing us about $50,000 before we really started seeing a dollar back in a location. Okay. Which got costly because we looked up one time at one point in 2017, dude, we were in maybe 10 different cities, 10 or 11 different cities. Uh, you know, everything from like that had been going for a while to just got just getting started. Um, and as we had, (laughs) We decided to leave Keller Williams in April of 2017. Um, and as we were sort of figuring that out, we thought ultimately what we were going to do was start an independent brokerage. And uh, and so we started sort of going, okay, hold on. If we're going to do an independent brokerage, which we didn't really want to do, but we didn't like our options or what we thought were our options at the time. And so we started looking at some of our some of our locations that some just sucked. Like we're just terrible. Like we were just getting our asses kicked and we're like, well, we got to shut, we're shutting that down. Cause there's no way I'm taking them with me. Like, I'm not going to go take them to my own brokerage. Yeah. Uh, and then others, there's a couple others that were profitable, but quite frankly, not worth a headache. So we shut those down. Um, and then we decided to stay at KW cause we didn't want to go independent. And, and so we decided to stay at KW until we figured out, we wanted to be when we when we grew up and then eventually a couple months later we decided to look at exp and we moved we came over to exp uh as you know and that for us after a while like helped us to re-envision and reimagine our business and so that sort of like our revenue share group sort of became our new expansion business okay that makes sense yeah so so you you were doing things a certain way you found a what you thought was a better way to do it. And then you just kind of leaned in and, and iterated based on that. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So, um, I was talking with one of my private coaching clients. I, I coach three agents, um, uh, three agents at a time, one-on-one and he's expanding from Chicago to Indianapolis. And we were just talking about, you know, what that looks like. And, uh, I know that everyone, 
everyone who wants to expand, they're like, okay, once I do, how do I get business in those new markets? So you've, you've, you've seen this movie many, many times. 100%. What are you teaching your agents today in 2020, almost 2023, if they want to expand into a new market or just like really uh, start ramping up to build a team in, their, in the market they're in, should they be buying leads? Should it be like, and where do they do that? Like, what does that all look like? Well, I think that's different. Like, I think those are two wildly different questions. So I'm going to go back. Sorry for, you know, for your, for your client. But like, if the, if that's the question, the answer is don't fucking do it. Like that's, that's so the wrong question. You're not on the right field. You're not even reading the book. So we can't get on the same page. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and so that's what I would say to anybody who is expanding. Um, or who is wanting to expand. Let me take the other part of the question and, and maybe you could just go apply it back to the same thing, which is, well, okay, I'm a, I'm one of those believers that thinks no matter what your business is like, you'd be silly not to base it on sphere of influence as one of your pillars of business. Like, yeah. So if you, and if you haven't been good at that in the past, that's okay. There's like nothing, totally nothing wrong with that. Right. But let's get that shit dialed. Like, let's get that dialed in your, your sphere of business, your sphere of influence. Right. And then it's like, okay, well, where else does your business come from? I think, I think the problem that we have, or one of the problems we have in our industry is there's just so many ways to get business. Nobody takes time to like really master any of them because they just hop from one, you know, lead source to the next, whether that's like buying internet leads open houses, cold calling, prospecting, sphere of influence, uh, referral companies, et cetera. But like, so I'm a big believer in sphere of influence, no matter what, I think that's the one have to have. The next thing is like, I look at the individual agents strengths and willingness to sort of suffer through things. Right. Because mm. no matter what, whether we're talking about farming, cold calls, um, internet leads, like it kind of, it kind of, they kind of all suck. Like there, there's like, there's a, there's a level of suckiness to getting to the good stuff there. Right. And so I would say that like, you gotta, you gotta know who you are and what are you willing to do sort of ad nauseum day in and day out until you find success. And so I would imagine like two of those things should be like sweat equity base sphere of influence was one. So the other one might be like, say, open houses or like I mentioned before, prospecting cold calls, canceled expireds, um, open houses, stuff like that. And then I go, okay, cool. Now, if I can afford to buy leads on top of that, then where, where do I go spend my money? Like, what do I go put my money into? And even if like, if we're talking about like my first dollar, my first dollar is going to be used to enhance my sphere of influence, actually. Like I'm going to go do the things like HomeBot and maybe viral marketing or something to enhance like the people that already know me. Yeah. Uh, and then my next, my next set of dollars is going to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to set aside this budget, right? Maybe it's going to be, um, you know, KV core or brevity or something as a CRM. And I'm going to, you know, I'm going to have a $500 spend or thousand dollar monthly ad spend to bring in new leads. Cool. But then you got to be willing to work those of course. Or maybe 
you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big believer and if you gotta have a budget, but direct mail still works. Like, in fact, it might be more effective today than ever before. Or if you got a really big budget, then radio, TV, et cetera, all of it works. It's a matter. It's kind of like if you, when you go to a blackjack table, like if you know how to play, you realize it's just actually a game of math, like an, an odds. And so all you have to do, you just got to have a big enough like stack of money to withstand the bad part of it. Like you have to execute correctly and then you've got to just be able to stand the ups, the ups and downs until you get to enough good. Right. Yeah. And so I would say it all depends on what the person's skills are and what they're willing to endure. Hmm. Okay. Let's go back to something that you said that, uh, demands an explanation or it demands some context because it's, uh, I, I think that's, there's going to be so much gold there. When you said that um, this agent who wants to expand to a new city and he's wondering how to get business there and you're like, he's already fucked. I'm paraphrasing, of course. Like, yeah. Well, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty accurate paraphrase. Yeah. I basically yeah. said that. Yeah, like they're already fucked. Well, then like what, what's the right way to do it? Like when do you determine when you should move to a new market? Like, do you find you- someone in that market first? And then you're like, okay, can we build around this person? I don't know that you ever should move to another market. I'm saying that as a guy, okay. like I would, let me, let me refer, let me also say this. If the people that I'm in business with now in San Luis Obispo and Denver and Nashville, if I wasn't already in business with them, I would not be in business with them. If, does that make sense? It like, does. I'm not looking for new agents in Denver or Nashville. Or Sam, like it can be done. I know how to do it. I don't want to do it. Um, but so I, I don't know that you need to be, but if you are going to, I would say, why are you going to like, what's the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. So let's say the purpose is because I want to make more money. Well, okay. If you just want to make more money, like, why don't you just try selling? like, unless you've got like 15% market share, like, why don't you just focus why don't you get better at selling real estate in your home city or in hiring in your home city? Like, because you clearly aren't, you haven't saturated your market. If you have saturated your market, I think what happens naturally is your advertising or lead generation efforts sort of spill over. And so that might create the possible, like I'm going to go expand. Um, you know, one of the dumb reasons I hear people expand and don't get me wrong. I said this myself, way back in the day was like, cause it's in a city they want to fucking vacation in. Right. Or they do vacation. in. I was like, that's like the dumbest shit. Like, okay. So you want to go place you love and do something that you hate. Okay. Uh, or do something that you're going to maybe not hate, but you're going to resent it. Cause that's like your place to get away. Right. Um, and so I like the question to me always comes back to why, but if I was absolutely going to, it'd be because of one of two things, like my marketing and lead generation efforts are so good They've spilled over and I now have leads in another place that I don't know what to do with. Like I gotta, I gotta do something. I can't service them. Even at that point though, dude, when you start running an expansion business, I got news for you guys. Like profit margins are not amazing. 25% referral fee is better. Trust me. Trust me. The 25% referral fee is better. So find an agent or two in that city and refer them and, love on them, whatever you got to do. Right. I think you're going to end up with a better return that way, but let's just say you're going to expand because you're hell bent on it. Okay. So you either have 
business there already, or you have a relationship with someone that's so talented, you're, you are just bound and determined to find a way to be in business with them. And therefore you're going to, you're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to expand to wherever they are in that case. The question I think is the, the question you start off asking me, I think is still wrong. Cause like, what would you do if you got up and went to that city and were a brand new agent? Like that's, that's the answer is how do you get started? Well, I mean, I don't think, you know, until that agent starts, starts doing things right. Mm-hmm. So if you've got this relationship with this talent in another city, another state, like, what are they willing? Like, they've got to learn, like they're, if they're a brand new agent, like they got to learn how to be a brand new agent, just like everybody else, regardless of what city they're in. So let's get them up and running and figure out what they're willing to do every day at nauseum to find success. I think the biggest concern for me is like it, if you if you're going to go to a new market and you're like how do I do this and you you're, you know it's not that you can't be successful there but at what cost right like you can it, it's almost like you're just moving to a new market and that's that's where all your marketing efforts are going to go and then your current market just you know dwindles and slowly dies right so like yeah, maybe you start selling a bunch of homes over here, but then you stop selling homes where you're currently at. Like, I would think that happens a lot. Yeah. Like if you're going to physically, like getting up and moving yourself, like, I just don't know why you would do that unless you just wanted to live somewhere differently. Like Mm. some people, here's the problem. The the problem is in our industry, we put people on stage for stupid reasons. Mm. Uh, None of which have to do with net profit. Okay. Right. And so production. Yeah. And so what, so the, the worst, most egregious sort of like downhill effect of that is that people go, Oh, look at him or look at her on stage. She expanded. He expanded. I'm going to expand. Why? Because she did it. Like she did it. So, so if she can do it, like I can do it, this just sounds like, sounds like awesome. I'm going to be rich. Right. That's kind of like the mindset. Like that's the, and so that's, um, again, I go back to like, why, why are you going to do it? I'm not, it's not because I'm trying to rain on anybody's parade. It's because why, like if clearly explain to me your thought process. And if that thought process is not, does not begin with, I have too much business in that city. I don't know what to do with it. And, or I have an extremely talented person that I've got to find a way to get them into my world. And even on that one, it's like still like, well, is is all your shit together over here? Cause if not, don't worry about it. But if it's like, I'm going to go back and forth and service it, you're just, you're just complicating shit for the fucking sake of complicating it. No matter what you call it. So you sleep better about your decision. Like you're just complicating shit for the sake of complicating. I think. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, some, some parades should be rained on some parades. Shouldn't even be happening. (laughs) That's true. This is, this is really true. Right. Um, I know that for this particular agent, they grew up in an, in another city that they're currently in Chicago. They grew up in Indianapolis. And so they have a big sphere there and they're the, I think he just even got a listing of over Thanksgiving because um, they found out he just got his license there. So like, Sounds I, terrible. <laughs> right. Um, I, I, I do believe that a certain part of it is like 
this um, wanting to prove something, wanting yep. to show something. And it's uh, it, what you're saying makes so much sense to me. It's like, okay, let's zoom the fuck out. Why? Yeah. What's the, what's the objective here? Like, dude, I, there's a couple agents on my team that are like, oh, hey, I want to do this one thing. Like, I, I want to start a course. Or like, I want to do this thing. And I'm like, why? They want to make more money. I'm like, well, what if you sold another house a month? Like, there you go. And shiny object syndrome, man. Yeah, dude. It's the, you know, I get it. I have shiny object syndrome, which is why. So I, do I. The reason I sound so harsh about this is because, like, I've had to beat this into my own head, right? Yeah. Um, and, like, the, the, you know, man. So go back to the example of your client. Like, is he going to move back there? No. Does he see himself move? Then what a waste of fucking time and resources, in my opinion, right? Like, mm. if you're not going to move back there and, like, have a bit, Like, dude, you want to generate business? Cool. Refer it out. Unless you've got someone that's amazing, but like if you're going to go, hey, I'm going to go generate business here from scratch. Like for me, the way I think about it like in that scenario, in that exact scenario, what I would tell an agent on my team, which would be, hey, just because you don't live there anymore doesn't mean you can't make money from that. So like your sphere of influence goes on your sphere of influence plan, even though you live in this other city and state, because we can refer those people out. I know great agents in that city. Yes. Period of yes. story. So cool. Put them on your monthly postcard and your mailers and your home bot and w fill in the blank on your retargeting program, whatever it is you're doing, like include them all, but don't go build a business over like a listing a month or a listing a year or a buyer deal here and there. That to me is just like, man, what a way to like complicate your life and business for not a lot of money. This is super valuable perspective because you've you've done this. Like you were, you and uh, and Fred and your your team were heralded as like you know yeah. this bastion of how the expansion model should be done right at your previous red and white brokerage. And it's interesting that you've you know like you live, you learn, you 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 improve. Um, more options are available to you now than were before. So I, I think that also plays into it too, is there's a lot of agents that can only do one thing. They can only sell fucking houses. That's it. They don't have any other option. Like they sell houses or there's no income. So that, that also limits things, doesn't it? But then like get better at selling houses. Mm. Yes, yeah, that's oh, fair. Like, since you're going to be a realtor, like maybe just be a great one. Nothing wrong with that. You know what I mean? Like, think of, um, and if you go, we oh, have yeah, my price point sucks, then get up and move. Hmm. Like, there's no, there's no life sentence to you, to the city you live in. Even if you think there is because of family or this construct or that, like whatever. Like I think of um, a buddy, I was texting with a buddy of mine who's in my group at EXP who, granted, it's not like he got up and moved from one state to another, but he, when he got licensed, he, uh, he was in Tacoma, Washington. So South side of Seattle, uh, very low dollar price compared to what's up North. Mm -hmm. He learned how to sell real estate. He got good. Like his first year did like 20, I don't know, 15 transactions, like part-time. Then just got to 20, 25 and he, or like, but like his second year, he was like, dude, the price point down here sucks. He literally physically moved himself to Kirkland where the price mm -hmm. point was like two and a half times what it was. And he just, 
effectively started over. And he still serviced the deals down in Tacoma for the first year or two. And now the guy, like, average price points, like, 950 Like, did $60 wow. million dollars in transactions last year. Not quite on his own, but, like, small team. Uh, it was, like, 55 60 Like, his price point is probably closer to, to just over a million. And if he was still in Tacoma, it'd probably be like four fifty at this point. Uh, but still, it'd be half of what it was. Like, so if you don't like your price point, get up and move. That was the first reason why Fred and I thought about expanding, because our coach—he's—it's funny enough—he's still our coach to this day, eleven years later. He, um, God, come on, twelve years and January actually. So he That's challenged nuts. us. We were complaining about our average sales price because it was one hundred and fourteen thousand dollars. And Holy like shit. you can, so one hundred fourteen thousand. You can only cut three thousand dollars up so many ways, right? So there's not a lot of like you. I always joke like the reason why there's so many just absolute killers in Phoenix is because like you had to sell hundred plus houses a year just to survive here. Um, but like one of the things he challenged us to do is he's like he made us come up with a list of twenty five ways to increase our average price point. One of those ideas was we should just go sell uh, real estate in San Diego. It's a lot higher there. That was the first, like, maybe we should sell real estate somewhere else. That was mm -hmm. the first, like, thought about expanding. Not saying it was a good one, but looking But back, it got you thinking that way. Like, yeah. It, it got it you thinking outside the box a little bit. Uh, let's... Uh, I mean, the, let's continue talking about this because this is important. Like, you, you mentioned that there's people that are put up on stage and celebrated and pointed to as examples of the right way to do it. And are, you know, like they are used as examples of what success looks like yet. They're, they're just selling a bunch of homes. A lot of them are, are not even fucking profitable, right? Yeah. Or they run a big team, but they're also in production. And if you really peel back the onion, all of their profit is in their own production and they'd make more right. money and have more time and have, less headaches if they just got rid of the team and were just a really highly profitable salesperson. Right. Right. But they feel like they got to have the business because all of their peers have the business. And so they feel like they got to measure up. Right. Cause that, then they have the production, then they have the units and it's an ego thing. It's, it's not a dollars and cents profit deal. Yes. It's absolutely an ego thing. And I think it's like, um, I think that, the industry, um, yeah, for I think in this scenario we can call it the man, right? The man, the proverbial the man wants to keep us dumb in a way. Like there's a reason why they reward that stuff. There's a reason why the trophies and plaques are for GCI units and volume. There's a reason why it's to distract us from what's real and important because it keeps us as a hamster on their hamster wheel. Like so this that's where the, their money comes from. Yeah. I remember. So Curtis Johnson, uh, who's, who's my friend and sponsored EXP. Absolute tells, beast. Yeah. He, so he tells this story and Curtis is like longtime friend of mine. Like we, he's here in Phoenix where I am and we, you know, uh, we've known each other for quite a, some time and he was a KW way, way back in the day, actually, before I even got licensed, he was at KW and, um, and then he almost went back there for a minute. But at any rate, he tells the story about how, um, he was in a room with Gary Keller. I, I want to say if I remember right, like Fred and I were in the exact same room. Cause I thought I saw the picture and, uh, and I could see Fred and I in this picture with him, but like 
Curtis has this distinct memory of Gary saying to the group, oh, this is the little kid's table. The big kid's table is next door, the people that own the regions and the offices. You guys are at the little kid's table. Mm-hmm. He fucking meant it. Like, looking, thing about it is when you get outside of the allure of the mustache and you realize some of the shit that he says, um, <laughs> there is a lot of fucking truth, a lot of dark truth and a lot of the things he said. Uh, yeah. A lot of darkness and a lot of truth, I should say, and, and the things that he would say to us. Um, saying the quiet part out loud. Yeah. Yeah. He would literally say the quiet part out loud. Like, I, I, I could go on with example after example of the saying the quiet part out loud and how often he did it and how at the time, like, you just don't even realize it. Like, I should say I didn't realize it. I was mem- mesmerized. And, and truthfully, like, he was my mentor. I learned a lot from him. I owe him I don't owe him anything. I owe a lot to what he taught me. And that's I fair. Did, I did learn a lot from him and I res- I'll always respect that. And, um, eventually you go, Oh shit. They're, they're telling me the truth. I got it. I, okay. I see it now. Right. Yeah. You probably like chuckle at the time. Like, uh, not realizing that you yeah. just got the truth. Yeah. The reason why the trophy is for G- GCI units volume, like, and not for net profit and residual income, is because they need to keep us, because they, they don't have that without the GCI, the units, and the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that stuff doesn't happen for the brokerage owners. And I'm not even just saying that's not even, that's not like a shot at KW. That's, that's the industry or the That's the industry. Man. That's the man of the entire industry. That's the brokerage model. Yeah, it's the way it's set up. Uh, so yeah. I'm not I'm not even saying there's anything wrong with it. I'm just saying like anything else, just just know what game you're playing. Hmm. And know, and understand that if like I maybe you've had this experience Dustin and if you haven't, maybe one of the listeners has. Um where you talk to your broker owner, whether it was a franchise or an indie, and they at, at one point uh whether it's cuz you were dreaming out loud or actually in a session with them about goals and stuff like that. And they, and the subject came up about owning a brokerage and they said, don't do it. There's no money in owning a brokerage. You don't want this headache. Yep. Had that conversation. Then it's like, but what the fuck are you doing? Like literally you're doing that. Yep. Why are you, then why are you doing it? If there's no money in it, you're either the dumb and therefore I shouldn't be taking your advice right now, or there's something missing contextually from this conversation. And mm. so that's, so that's what I think. So I think that the, one of the inherent problems in our business is we reward, you know, it's like, you know, show me the incentives. And I'll show you the behavior. The incentives are like your name on light in lights and your name on a billboard and your name on a trophy. So our behavior begets more of that. Like that's who yes. we are as an industry. Yes. Well, okay, let me play devil's advocate a little bit because I think I think two things can be right at the same time. So I've also heard that advice from a pr- previous broker who owned a branch within the brokerage. He wasn't the actual brokerage owner, but got paid basically the same way. He got paid by the number of transactions you do because it was a flat fee brokerage. So uh, $500 per deal. The more deals you close, the more the broker gets paid and all that, all that good stuff. And... 
he would say, look, you know, this, this is a headache. I don't make nearly as much as you might think. And I think that's also true. I think there's a lot of people who get into leadership at these brokerages, uh, or they did a while ago, and then they start to realize, okay, this is not quite the way this was sold to me. This is not quite played out the way that I thought it would. And we're, I think that is happening at a dramatic rate right now because uh, brokerages are going virtual like ours and a few others. And another, a better way is becoming very fucking apparent. And they're just realizing it. So I think there's also a lot of truth in them saying that, even though they also get paid by that as well. There is a lot of truth in that. And to me, dude, it's like anything else. Like there's nuance in this, right? Yes. Duality, as John would say. Like, and, and that, that nuance to me is what you just said is true. And how many of those people would, would actually ha- make the money? Like, here's what I know about the brokerage business. And I believe this to be true. Um, it, the profit is a direct correlation mostly to head count to the number of agents who hang their license, like it or love it or hate it. That's the truth of the matter. Okay. Now we can that's talk why about they charge that. so many fees, whether you're selling houses or not. Right. And because they know like at the end of the day, like if you just have enough people, you'll sell enough houses like that. Actually, that's the truth. Okay. Yeah. So if that's the truth, then you have to be a master an absolute ninja at recruiting. And you either got to be able to bring in everybody that you want to be able to bring in and, or I think I always look at recruiting as like, there's two ways to do it. The, the front door can be wide and so can the back door or mm. the front door can be narrow, but either way it requires a ton of work. Either way requires a ton of work and being a master at, at recruiting and so you either go identify the people that are ninjas and they're going to be high producers and you can't really identify them before they are who they are. Like people just are who they are, right? Um, it's a guessing game. But nonetheless, like, okay, cool. If you want your broker, Mr. Broker Owner or Mrs. Broker Owner, if you want to make money, then like get better at it. Like get better at your job. Just like me, as a, if I'm a listing agent, I need to get better at being a listing agent. You got to get better at your job. You only don't make money because you fucking suck in your life. And you thought if you just signed this deal for this franchise, like the the checks were going to start falling on you. Like that's just not how it works. And so I do think there is a lot of duality there and nuance there in that, yeah, most broker owners don't make enough money. But it's because most broker owners don't put in the work to the one metric that matters most to their income, which is recruiting. Hmm. Period. End of story. By the way, that same metric matters most to agents. Whether you're a solo agent and you're recruiting buyers and sellers or you run a big team like me and you're recruiting agents for your team, doesn't matter. There's only one thing, and that is lead generation, and it solves all the problems everywhere all the time, no matter what. So if they're not having the success that they want, it's because they're, they're clearly not doing what they should be doing or at least not to the level that they should be. Yeah. You know... God, I could take this in a thousand different directions because we could talk about this for an hour or two. Um, I, I, I have empathy for so many agents out there that just don't know any other way because they, they came into a system 
they have a mentor that does things a certain way and they they've never been exposed to different business models different ways of doing the business different ways of attracting clients different ways to structure your business and different profit centers and all the stuff right like you know we've been lucky enough to be around around agents that like they start mortgage companies, title com- title JVs, like property management companies, capital companies, like uh, they invest in real estate, like they have all these different streams of income and they're true business owners and entrepreneurs. And, and that's awesome. There's other agents that literally only know, hey, I need to sell more homes. That's it. And what's, I mean, what's the solution to that? I don't know. Hopefully this podcast is, is a little eye-opening, but yeah, uh, good God. I mean, what do we I, do? I think people, there's, first of all, you can't, you can't drag somebody to the starting line. Right. So the person who wants more opportunities got to be willing to raise their hand and also go, Hey, look at her, look at him. They got something I want. I'm going to go ask them questions. Right. And, or, Hey, you know what? I'm going to listen to this podcast or watch this YouTube video or whatever. Um, so there's, there's a lot of personal responsibility in this for me and dude, and you're right. Like there's people don't, they don't know, but again, I think they've got to be willing to ask questions. And if you're not willing to ask questions about what's possible for you or, you know, because I I think what happens, people get into real estate or in, in any profession, this is any area of life period. And they just sort of go, oh, this is how it is. And they just sort of get stuck in this track of doing things, like this certain yeah. way of doing things, right? Yeah. And they never take the blinders off to go, I know I'm having some success here. This feels good and it looks good. And overall, it's pretty darn good. But, like, is there something better out there? Is there a better way to do this? Like, that's what I – man, I, I, when people don't go to their company conferences, it fucking blows my mind. I'm like, why would you not? They're like, no. And the argument is all the same. Like I've had this conversation with 200 different people. And the argument is always like, there's just other real estate agents there. I'm like, that's the fucking point. I know there's other real estate agents there. And they might think they might have different viewpoints than you do. They might do things differently than you do. They might be smarter than you. They might be a referral partner for you. You might learn something from them. They might learn something from you. You never know. Put yourself, it's like uh, Ben Kenny. It's fun. I, I, my buddy, you know, Todd books, man, very good yeah. friend of mine. And Todd, posted, by noon. yeah. So Todd posted a clip from a, a interview I did with Ben years ago, just like a couple days in the last few days where Ben talked about early in his career. He found a way to, he would always put himself in the way of opportunity and like he put himself in the way he's like, okay, well, if I'm going to be making phone calls today, I might as well just go do it from an open house. Like you just go do it from an open house or he'd go stand outside open houses and like talk to the people that drove, that drove up or whatever. Right. It's like, put yourself in the way of opportunity. It, it's really easy to discount an industry event as just a bunch of agents getting together. But dude, go, I mean, I don't, I know I'm preaching the choir here. Like, the amount of things that you can learn from people at, and that are that could directly impact your income next month is massive. And so when people just go, oh, I don't want to go there because it's just other real estate agents, like it's closed minded. Again, it's not it's not being willing to like open like open your mind and ask the right questions. It, yes. 
the the first six or seven years of my career, that's how I thought because my original mentor thought that way too. You know, it was, hey, let's do things this way, but don't tell anyone and be, be careful what you post on social because we don't want anyone to steal our ideas, right? And now I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, everyone, please, if you're listening and you see one of my videos, steal it, do it. Like, please, yeah. for the love of God. It's you why know, you do like, it. That, exactly. And that's how the world works, right? You you see somebody doing a certain thing. You're like, okay, there's the blueprint. Let me dissect it and figure out how they did it and fucking do my own version of it. Yes. Like success leaves clues. Yeah. So are you, are you willing to take them is the question. And uh, I don't know, man. It, it, you mentioned earlier that you cannot drag anyone to the starting line. Um, you know, I've lost... So from, from my, my team, um, like over the last month or two, I've lost six people that I personally brought to the team and I look at a common thread and it's so frustrating. Like, so first off, as I always turn the mirror at me first and I'm like, what, what could I have done? What else could I have done? Like, could I have provided more support? How did I fuck this up? Like, you know, like I want to be better. But then at the same time, like in my, my current mentor, Clayton reminded me, he's like, he's like, dude, some people just don't want to do the things you could, you could offer a hundred percent of your time and they're still not going to do the shit. So he's like, what do those people have in common? And I start looking at it and I'm like, they never came to meetings, never came to trainings, never went to events, never fucking commented, never heard anything from them ever. Yeah. Common theme. Collectively, all of them sold one house in the last 12 months. Yeah, dude, I was going to say, like, um, it's sad, but I mean, you, you can bring a horse to water, but you can't make them drink. I, uh, in my group, my EXP group. So for the listener out there that doesn't understand EXP, just think brokerage. Okay. Context of a brokerage. I've, uh, I've lost about negative four people over the last hundred days or so. Never experienced your net's been negative four. Uh-huh. It's just like I own yeah. a KW office. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, just say that out loud. But um, I'm not sorry. Uh, so, all right. So I'm negative four over like the last hundred days. But here's the interesting part. Transactions are up. My income yes. is up. Uh, and the number of deals I'm getting paid on is up. Because we're, we, we are losing people. We are replacing them with people that are working and, and selling real estate. We're, we're losing the people that are doing zero and one deals a year. That's who we're losing. And that, by the way, that's who's going to lose in this market anyways. Um, every they, company, let's every be company, honest. They should. Yeah, they should be gone. This is great. Like I was just recording a podcast with Joshua Smith earlier today and we were talking he about. He sells how, a few homes. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Yeah. And so we were both, we were talking about like how exciting it is because yeah. So like, it kind of sucks right now. Like you yeah, you got to double your lead gen efforts. You probably got to hold double the appointments to, to sell the same number of houses for the next little period of time. But what's going to happen is come January 1st, there's going to be a lot of people that don't renew. And by the time summer rolls around, there's going to be even more, new, even more people that are like just out of the business. And so you're going to look up in a year from now and your piece of the pie is actually going to get bigger. It's actually going to get bigger. And it, in, in a lot of ways, it'll become easier. Right. If you can get through the hard part first. Is there something else I can help Surrey, with? Surrey, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I don't know. Has uh, that ever happened on your podcast before? 
It's happened even... with the with the A word with uh, Lexi, but not not Siri. That's uh, that's first. I uh, always listening. That was weird, <laughs> dude. She just started like doing the little thing in the corner of my computer there. I don't even that use weird. that feature. Yeah, I don't think I use it on my on my Mac. Anyways, listen here, huh. Tim Cook. Stop listening to my conversations. Seriously, I mean, so don't how creepy is it? The, the phone or the Mac has to always be listening in order to hear the command, right? So, like, it's always listening if you have that turned on. Kind of, kind of creepy. Anyways, um, yeah, dude, it's it, it's really frustrating. I want everyone that. I'm connected with to succeed. Yes. And, and I know you're the same and you provide a shitload of resources and support and training and, and blueprints. And you're like, here you go. And it's so frustrating when people say they want certain things and then their actions just don't map to that. They, they, they uh, something that really, um, really hit me was, I forget who, who exactly said this, but, it was, it was my mentor, Clayton, actually. Um, he was asked earlier in his career when he was a solo agent selling a shitload of homes. I think he was selling, you know, 70 to 100 homes um, himself, and he was, he was getting burned out. And someone asked him what his priorities were in life. And he said, well, my family. And they're like, well, let's see your calendar. And his calendar was nothing but work. Yeah. Nothing but work no, no scheduled time for family. And who, and I believe it was his mentors. Like, I know you say your family's your top priority, but your schedule says otherwise y- your actions mean everything, right? So you can say you want to sell 50 homes this year, go from 10 sales to 50 or 50 to 500 or whatever the hell, but are you doing the things? And it's so frustrating when you give everything to somebody and they, they're just not, they're not going to meet you halfway. Dude, and, and there's just some people that aren't. And that's, a, you know, so like one of the things I'm really thankful for about in my business, uh, like on this in the sales team business, was we grew it really big. And I had to learn how to hire people. I had to learn how to recruit people. And, and I had to learn how to get over people not showing up the way they said they would. Hmm. Because I'm the, one of those guys who I naturally see the best version of other people. Like that's where I start. I start to my detriment. I start at the best version of the other person. And, and, uh, and then I let, you know, and it was hard. Um, every time an agent would leave the team or whatever, I'd be like, what, what's wrong with me? Like, why did they like, didn't we provide enough leads or training or opportunities or, you know, film them. And it took years, man. I remember one time it had been years. Uh, and we had this operations person who, who quit on us and it hurt for a different reason because of the way she did it. Uh, and it was like, it was almost in a very cruel, like just don't show up to work on Monday morning after we had trusted her with a lot. And it was, I remember it like it, it, it kind of shook me a little bit. And I remember my wife said to me, she's like, wow, I haven't seen you upset about, about somebody quitting or getting fired from in the team in a really long time. And I was going to realize I was like, Oh yeah, I'd finally like, I'd finally decided to just let people be who they are and like, not, 
you know, I still see the best version of them, but I let them, I let people show me who they are. Mm. And there's just a certain number of people, dude, that like they're, it doesn't matter. You could, uh, you know, you could spoon feed them all the best things in the world, but like, they're not going to, they're not going to take the ball and run with it. My, my buddy, Dustin Runyon says it this way. He's like, he's like, you know, those people that like you, you give them an inch and they'll take it a mile. It's so fun to be around people like that. And then there's other people like they want them. They want a mile and they take it an inch. Yes. That's like the, that's that there's two types of people in business. The people that will take the inch and they'll take that a mile wide and a mile deep. And there's people that they, they'll ask you to give them a mile wide before, and they won't even take it in an inch deep. Like it's pretty, you know, it's pretty shitty like that. And you just got to be aware that that's who people are and, separate that from whether or not they're a good person. Right. Ooh, that's so. interesting. Yeah, you're right. Cause it doesn't, doesn't mean they're a bad person. They could, it's just not, they're not in the right seat. They're not yeah. doing what they really want to be doing. Uh, I mean, there's a, a million reasons. Right. And, and honestly, uh, like I struggled early on in my real estate career because I was just not the right person yet. Like I had to work on myself and become totally. the person yeah. who was capable of actually doing shit. Like I, I was just not the right person to sell a hundred homes a year or whatever. Dude, it, it's, um, it's not easy. Like it's not, you know, to be able to, um, I don't know for me, like I had to learn. Yeah. I wasn't the, you know, I had to learn, like I had to learn how to sell real estate. Like I had to learn how to be in sales and then, learn how to be in business. And luckily I just, you know, yeah, it doesn't come natural to everybody. In fact, it probably comes natural to nobody. And so that's what I mean. Like you gotta let people just show up, you know, however they are. Cause the people that want it, like the people that are determined to win, like they're going to win no matter what. And they're going to go get the resources no matter what. That's why I said, it's like, um, like the responsibilities equally on them. Like, because if they really want it they'll look up and go, huh, is there a better way to do this? Right. Or, Hey, I like the way he's doing it over there. I really like what Dustin's got going on. I'm going to go pay more attention to what he's doing. Right. There's something that I've started saying whenever, whenever we're bringing a new agent onto the team, I realize that something that I can, something that is my responsibility as a, as a leader is to set proper expectations and I remember this was done to me and I appreciated it so much. So now I, I uh, do this with every new person who I talk to that comes onto the team and I tell them, look, if you succeed here, that's a hundred percent because of you. If you fail here, that's also because of you, right? Like whatever happens here, success, failure to, to what, to what extent you succeed or fail is on you. You know, like we, we have all of this stuff. Here's what we have. Here's the resources. Here's the training. Here's, here's this, like, here's my fucking cell phone number, you know, for, for my agents. But you've got to like, I don't know you're struggling. I don't know you're frustrated. I don't know you're broke. Like you've got to put your hand out and be like, Hey, I need help. Hey, I'm struggling with this thing. Hey, I'm frustrated. I've hit a wall. Um, I need help with a B or C cause I'm not a mind reader and nor should I be. And so, uh, there's, there's been a handful of agents more than a handful actually that 
I think they take that to heart and that really means something to them and they start to thrive. And those are people that I've actually started to highlight more on this podcast recently is the agents, even if they're brand new or fairly new who have just hit the ground running, they start doing what they're supposed to be doing. They do what they say they're going to do. They keep the promises they make to themselves. And strangely, they start to get results. Imagine that. Right. And so I, and I want to celebrate the shit out of those people because, uh, it's, it's worth celebrating. Dude, absolutely it is. Absolutely it is. Yeah. Yeah, wild. I mean, we're, we're getting deep and philosophical here, but it's, uh, yeah. I, uh, you mentioned that you and some of your, your other big shot friends, again, I'm paraphrasing, you, you, you and your big exactly, shot team leader friends. That's, that's an exact quote, actually. I, I think it is. Yes. You and your, you and your big shot friends that sell billions and billions of real, uh, of real estate every year, uh, personally, um, <laughs> you're all excited about the current market conditions. Oh, hell yeah. That's pretty telling, right? Like earlier we talked about how success leaves clues. This is also a clue. And I believe that whether or not you succeed or fail right now, is just a choice. It's just a, a decision, like simple as that. Would you agree? Yeah, but that, well, so yes, but I would, for context, I would say that decision is about working on your skills. Yes. Because what it's going to take to survive, not just to survive, to be successful in real estate sales over the next 18 months versus the last 18 months are different skills. There was a lot more to do with lucky in the last 18 to 24 months. And there will be a whole lot more to do with sales skills and real estate knowledge in the next 18 to 24 months, like it or love it. I don't care if anybody's offended by it. If you're offended by it, then it's probably because you know, deep down it's true. Hmm. Like at the end of the day, there's a, there, there was a, there was a factor of luck of like, it's got to be there. Everybody wanted to buy. There's going to be a lot fewer transactions available and it's going to require a different set of skills to get the listing, to be able to price the listing appropriately, to negotiate the deals, to get these deals over the finish line. Once they're agreed upon to get buyers into the deals that they can actually afford and want to do like, there's this whole set of soft skills that are going to be needed. My buddy Craig Rieger said it like this. He's like, in this market, skillionaires become millionaires. Ooh, that's good. Like skillionaires become millionaires. And it's true. That's good. Yeah. And uh, I, I, don't, I don't even know what else to say. Like that's, you're right. We're in a different yeah. market. It's going to take different skill sets to thrive. Yeah. And dude, and that's a good thing. Like any, I'm not... <laughs> It, it can, it will be hard, it harder for some than others. There will be, you know, moments of like, this fucking sucks and moments of this is up. This is amazing. Um, but it'll be worth it. And it every, like, if you can do that, you will come out the other side. It's like, it's like Josh and I were talking about earlier. It's like, you're going to end up like, if you just do, if you can just do that, then you're going to end up with like, so, so much better off. Like you get a bigger piece of the pie just literally by surviving, literally just by surviving. 
you'll end up with a bigger piece of the pie than what you have now. So, but now if you really go out and earn it, you're going to like, not only will you grow in the next year or two, but then as things shift the other way, whenever they shift the other way, like you'll be positioned to ride that wave longer and higher. Yes. And you would be otherwise. Yes. Yeah. It's exciting to think about, man. Like, um, and I'm also, I'm paying attention to how I react to what you're saying. Like I'm, I'm really conscious of, yeah, it just my reaction. And, and when you're, when you're talking through this, like, first off, I believe you're, you're correct. I believe that's how it will play out for those who, uh, choose to take action and, and take advantage. But I'm also excited that I'm excited because I, I, I know that I've grown yeah. as a person, as an, and as an entrepreneur, because like, I, I believe it and I see it and I know that I'm, I have things being built right now to really like take advantage of the, the market conditions. And that excites me and I'm excited that I'm excited. I'm not worried. I'm not like doubting, you know? So auditing your own emotions is, is a pretty powerful too. Uh, dude, that's a really good point. That is a really damn good point. I mean, that's not to like toot my horn, but like, I, I'm just, I'm having a moment here. Like dude, I'm uh, doesn't that, okay. But literally just noticing that that's how you feel. Doesn't that, does not feel awesome. Fuck. Yeah. Just noticing like, holy shit, I'm excited about this. Actually. I'm excited about how, how hard it's going to be. But, the result that comes from that, like, cause I know how this goes, like, and I know how to, I know what things to work on and kind of what levers to pull and which ones like it's, it's, that's kind of, that's kind of exciting. Right. Um, you know, it's like, it can be, it can be scary when you're like starting off or like in a place where like your business hasn't been that great or, or whatever. Um, and you can be adding, but, there's times when like when you know you're on to something, you know you're going in the right direction, even though the results aren't there or the paychecks aren't to the level yet there where you, where you just like you know and that's fucking exciting cuz like you're on the right path, you're on the path and you know it's literally just a matter of execution and time. That's pretty awesome. That's it, man. And and it's really cool to see that in in your people, like it, it yeah. your team and, and my team, like with, with our agents, I was talking with one of them earlier and he's like, he's like, dude, it feels like, I feel like I'm doing everything right. I feel like I'm right there on the verge of some big thing happening. And I, I know that he believes it and I know that that's how I feel myself. And so I recognize it and I'm just like, dude, this is going to be fun. And it's fun to watch the people that you are partnered with winning as well. Cause it, it's hundred percent this does not need to be uh, the next 18 months does not need to be miserable. Like there's a lot of fun. That's going to be had fun and exciting. This should be fun and exciting. If you're not excited about it and not blindly, cause like I have talked to some, some younger guys that are like, I think they're just going to run through the wall on it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it's not backed up by anything. They're just like, it's going to be great. And then they're not, then they play like, video games all fucking day. Yeah, like it is gonna it is gonna be great, but you're gonna have to do things differently. Yes. Um, but yeah, dude, it's exciting because like there's a way through it. Like you have a path and you know how to get there and you can go. Like the only the only the only factor here is you and your ability to learn and work. That's right. 
That's right. Dude, I um I just realized we've got we've been we've been talking for like an hour and a half. Um so here's what we gotta do. First off, I am I'm very curious how this episode's received because this is much more of a conversation than an interview. I enjoyed it, but I'm curious how the audience enjoyed it. So if you guys have made it this far and you've enjoyed this banter and this this deep conversation we've been having, let me know. Let Kevin know. Just send us a DM. Uh, but like we do with every guest, and I think you've been on, I think this is your third or fourth time on the show, for God's sakes, but we do the rapid fire questions. So we got to blow through those and then I got to run. Let's do it. Are you going to like physically run? You going out for a run? I don't run. No, I, I cold uh, to run right now. Oh, yeah. There's four inches of snow outside. You know anything about that? No, you don't. Yeah. I know how to look at it from the internet. <laughs> yep. You admire it from your feed. Very yeah. nice. Uh, but, 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 let's see. Notes. Rapid fire. Here we go. Either or questions. You can elaborate and expand if you'd like to. Um, and at the end, we'll let everyone know where they can connect with you and find you. Awesome. Facebook or Instagram? That's the tough one. Messenger. Fuck okay. Both. I'm tired of both platforms, to be honest with you. Okay. Uh, well, Instagram or TikTok? Instagram. I hate TikTok. <laughs> you sound like you sound like Clint Eastwood. Like, get off my lawn. That's what you sound like. <laughs> I know. I know. I'm so old. No, I literally like. I hate the six second video thing. I don't like this. I don't like the TikTokification. I'm not saying there's not value in it. I'm saying I don't enjoy it. You don't like this trend towards short and sweet. Uh, there's people that would disagree with that, um, about me. Uh, <laughs> um, however, uh, yeah, I also, yeah, I just don't, it's not my favorite. It's, I'm, it's not, not into my, it. No, it's fair. That's fair. But books or podcasts. <sighs> you know, it depends. Um, I, podcasts are more for entertainment for me, although I do learn a lot. Books I tend to treat like more of an assignment or like 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 a learning opportunity. Fair enough. Yeah, I think that's kind of how I look at it too. I, yeah, I'm sure my phone could tell me. I wonder what what I've listened to more of this year: podcasts or books. Oh, for me, it'd be podcasts for for damn sure. It probably would be podcasts for me because I don't because I can do a podcast like mindlessly, whereas like if it's a good book, like I'm in it. Yeah. No. Yeah, I can't listen to podcasts or audiobooks while I'm working out. Like I have to Same. I have I to listen to the shit. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh rental property or flipping? Rental. Cash flow, baby. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll give me the money over the next thirty years all day long. That's always gonna be my answer. That's right. Burgers or pizza? Burgers. New York or LA? Oh, wait, I'm not wearing an LA hat today. Uh, I fucking hate New York City. <laughs> I love it. Uh, I'd never live there, but I'd love New York City. Uh, don't get me wrong. I shouldn't say I would never live in LA. I would not. I don't want to live in the state of California. But right. I, love it. I love LA. And I, I'm a, yeah, I love, I love the West Coast. Fair enough. NFL or NBA? NFL. That that, uh, that answer would have been different 15 years ago. The game's just changed. I'm just, I still I still like the NBA. It's just not the. It's just different for me now. 
Yeah, it's gotten weird. I don't know. I, it has. I don't watch either. Uh, baseball or football? <sighs> I would say, man, this one's really close for me. I probably would say football only because it's a one day, mostly a one day a week commitment. Mm-hmm. And baseball takes up so much. But like, if I just had all the time in the world and was bored and like retired, I'd probably say ba- I love baseball, but I'd probably go with football on this. Fair enough. College or pro? Pro. Fucking, I hate this debate. Like, here's Seriously? my. Yes. To me, and it's not even close. Pro's the worst. It's the best. Here's why. <laughs> here's, here's, my, here's my reasoning for this. Okay. Because they're both doing it for the money. And I'd rather just watch people that are better at what they do. Yeah, there's so much more excitement in the college game, though, because nah, like they're, nah. they're they're trying to get to the pro level. Nah. Like it, I don't know. And there, there's, there's more scrubs involved. Like there's just such a different level of intensity at that at that level. It's the best of the best of the best of the best of the best. In theory, it's the best it is the best it, the it best. is. But does it but does it come through? I don't know. I believe so. It's fair. That's fair. Uh, mountains or beach? Beach. beach. No, I do love the snowboard. I'm gonna go. I'm going snowboarding in February. Flagstaff? No, I'm gonna go to Tahoe for the first time. There you go. Yeah. There you go. Uh, podcasts or vlogs? Podcasts. YouTube or Facebook Live? Ooh. Am I a consumer or a producer? If I'm a producer, YouTube. No, both. YouTube for both. It's been a long time since someone said they prefer Facebook Live. Uh, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, or Millionaire Real Estate Agent? Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Uber or Lyft? Lyft. Gary V or Grant Cardone? Gary V all fucking day long. (laughs) Yes. And twice (laughs) on Sundays. Yeah, man. Uh, where can people find you and follow you, man? We'll um, link it up in the show notes and then in the YouTube description. Yeah. Uh, our pod, my podcast is called the Kevin and Fred show. So everywhere podcasts are found, um, Facebook, Instagram, all the, all the, all the places, um, Facebook group next level. Eight, it's called next level agents. Yeah. That's a big group, right? It was, you know, what? you know, you know, it's not good for a Facebook group deleting Facebook from your phone. So Ooh. did that for almost two years. Oh shit. Yeah. yeah. And you didn't have moderators or anything? Nah. Yeah, you fucked that like, up. Yeah, I mean, but like whatever. <laughs> All right then. <laughs> uh, so, I've <made> mistakes. <laughs> oh, totally. If that if that's the biggest mistake you've made, you're doing quite well. Uh, we will we'll make sure that we link to your shit in our show notes and the YouTube description over on the Broke Agent Media. YouTube channel. Kevin, man, I got to run, but I appreciated this uh, lengthy conversation today, but it was good. It was good. Yeah. I like this style, dude. I'm glad we did this. Absolutely. Appreciate it. My friend. We'll talk to you soon. We should, when you link to our show, instead of just linking to our show in general, just should just link to the conversation we had a couple weeks ago on my show. Yeah. Yeah. Good idea. Similar. So I liked it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. And, and totally different at the same time. It was, you know what, even though we kind of had the same like format, if you will, uh, very different com- conversation. So I'm glad we did this. What was the feed? Have you had any feedback on that positive or negative? Uh, good. 
I'm not, nobody's, nobody said they dislike it. Um, so that's a good, that's to me, that's always a good sign. Right. We have good download numbers on it. So I'll nice. take that. But right on. Yeah. No, every, every, every week I get a handful of people that are like loyal listeners that like let me know if they like what they really liked about the, the that week's show or whatever. I got a couple about that. They just kind of appreciated the format. That's cool. Nice. It was because it was a good conversation. I'm curious to hear what, what the audience thinks of this one. Me too. So, good stuff, man. Always good talking to you, Kevin. You too, dude. Talk to you soon. Appreciate the hell out of you for listening. If you found this episode interesting, valuable, please share it with another agent, another broker, someone in the industry that you think would find it valuable as well. And let me know what you think. Just shoot me a DM on Instagram. If you're not following at Massive Agent on Instagram yet, for the love of God, you should immediately. And if you are, make sure you're subscribed to the Massive Agent YouTube channel as well. Pretty important. Go do that. Let me know what you thought of this episode. And uh, I just appreciate the hell out of you for listening, making it this far into the episode. Uh, That speaks volumes and we appreciate you. You are my people. And uh, if there's anything I can do to help you grow your business, please send me a DM and let me know. Happy to help. If I can, if it's reasonable to do so, I absolutely will. Appreciate you listening. Take care. We'll see you next week.